Take Your Time with Chiara, a podcast that explores the power of healing through grief. Today, we have a very special guest to me personally, uh, Miss Ruby Fagan. She is by day a lactation consultant. And outside of that, she is an extraordinary director, actress, radio host, and what she calls a life encourager coach. Um, oh, nice. One of the first people who uh, really sat me down and we had one of the most amazing conversations about self-care and self-love, which has really been one of the foundational practices in my healing journey that I feel like I started before I recognized I was even on a journey of healing. So I am so excited to have Miss Ruby on the show today to share some of her wisdom and insight. Hi, Miss Ruby. Hey, Shiara. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be a guest on your podcast. Uh, I am honored. I'm truly honored. And I want your listeners to know that um, this is a mutual love fest going on right here because I just adore you, Shiara. I don't, I don't know if I've ever said that, like, really made it very clear, but I think you're pretty amazing, an amazing human being. You're one of my favorite young people on the planet. And uh, I'm just loving watching you share your gifts with the world. There's so much that you have to offer. And I'm excited to see that you're stepping out, you're doing some things that are have been placed on your heart and no doubt you're going to be incredibly successful, even though that's not might not be what you're seeking and doing something like this. It's just going to happen because you're just so gifted. So thank you for, for letting me be a part of this wonderful, wonderful journey. Oh, thank you so much, Miss Ruby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're too early into the podcast for Thug Tears. We're not going to do this right now. <laughs> no tears, no tears, no tears. Joy, 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 right? Joy. Yes. joy. <laughs> but I feel like I couldn't have had this uh, space and not have a conversation with you um, because I remember one of the first uh meetings that we had under, you know, self-care, self-love is that... Um, we went to Fountain, was this Fountain City Coffee House? Either way, uh, you maybe sit down and kind of write a vision for my life. And I have a vision statement for my life that I still refer back to. And mm -hmm. you talk to me about the importance of taking my time and even the small things in life. And so I reflect back on, you know, that conversation to you. Like, even if you're making, you know, having lunch and you have like a huge sandwich, just take your time, enjoy mm -hmm. every bit of it. And it was just the visual that you created that kind of stays in my mind. Even when I am constantly feeling like the world is rushing us to get to one place or another, I always remember that, you know, visual of taking my time, even if it's just with, you know, eating a sandwich or just, yeah. you know, putting lotion on my body. I yeah. am reminded in instances mm -hmm. to take your time. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, what was, was there anything specific or a collection of things that made you come to that understanding of why it's important to take your time? Oh, absolutely. My entire life <laughs> from the time <laughs> that I can remember being alive and um, all of the, um, I'd say, observations in my life and all of the experiences throughout my life really taught me to start to focus on me that um, there was a reason why I was here because I'm a person who I grew up wanting everything to be um, 
copacetic, as we said in my generation, you know, everything to be cool with everybody. I was a peacemaker. I would sacrifice a lot to ensure that there was peace in our home. And, um, but I mean, nobody appreciated it and I didn't expect them to, but the thing is that I was in a home where I felt like I was, uh, maybe a tulip in a rose garden. All of everybody else had thorns. I had no thorns. I was, mm -hmm. <laughs> was a little tulip there. So yeah, that really got me to thinking like, it's like, nobody's gonna give to me what I need except God. I have, I, I have known God since I, I think when I, since I was a little wee thing, learning to go potty <laughs> with talking to God, I can remember. And um, so I've been very spiritual since I was, since I can remember being alive also. And I realized that human beings could not be counted on. Now, it doesn't mean that I didn't fall in the trap of thinking that being in love with somebody and having this wonderful relationship wasn't going to make things a whole lot better, you know, ease everything. We were going to uh, make it through the world together, which made it easier and more better. But um, I fall into that trap uh, several times in my life. But all the while I was realizing that it was up to me to provide for me. Now I did hear early on that um, it was important to show others how to treat you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing that stuck with me early in my life, probably in adolescence, like you have to teach people how to treat you. So you do that by being good to yourself and taking care of your needs and really, um, I got into guided imagery when I was uh, in college and I've been um, facilitating guided imagery and doing guide, little guided imagery, imagery myself to keep myself in balance. So yeah, that's, that's a lot of words to just answer that simple question, but all of my life and that's, I've learned that I've got to give to myself what I want and what I need uh, and not depend on anybody else. And then it takes a strain off relationships, even relationships with, you know, mothers and fathers and, you know, sisters and brothers, uh, when I can just know what I need, ask for it. If, if I, sh if I, if I dared to, I've never been one to ask for it though. So that was out of the question for me. It's like, I'm not going to put any more strain or pain on my parents, but you know, so, um, I just had to learn to take care of myself. That's 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 been a thing. So that's what I share with anyone who will come in contact with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage you to do that. I'm gonna encourage you to take care of yourself, make yourself number one. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. I I had two follow up questions. One, I wanted to touch back on uh, guided imagery. If you could talk uh -huh. a little bit more about what that is mm -hmm. um, and how that practice has helped you, essentially. Well, one of the the most amazing gifts that we have all been given is the gift of imagination. We can imagine anything. And when we're children, we exercise that much more freely. As we become adults, we feel that we need to uh, be less imaginative and be more realistic. <laughs> but there's always a space for imagination in our lives. And it's that we actually, we do use our imagination in adulthood, but we usually use our imagination in adulthood to imagine negative things like what if and the what if is what if this 
terrible thing happens? What if that terrible thing happens? And it keeps us in fear and it keeps us from uh, feeling free and it keeps us from uh, really experiencing the best that life has to offer. Um, but if we were to flip that and start to imagine what if the best outcome happen and allow ourselves to bask in that and our bodies to bask in those organs to bask in those positive hormones instead of those negative hormones. We'd all have better health as well as um, uh, feeling go good about the world, being happier mm -hmm. if we would do that. And when I do guided imagery, um, what I do is it just depends on who I'm um, speaking with, most of the time it's about forgiveness because very often it's forgiveness that really does keep us from being our true selves. We have to learn that forgiveness is important because that really does hold us back. And when I do the guided imagery for forgiveness, it's taking people on a, a trip, on a journey, and actually being very specific about what we're doing and seeing and what we're feeling along this journey and uh, being able to take a really good look at ourselves and to appreciate ourselves and then to start to see one person at a time or a couple of people at a time come up around us that we need to forgive that maybe have hurt us in some way cause us to feel grief or to cause us to mourn or feel bad about ourselves uh, knowingly or unknowingly that those people would come up and we would actually see them face to face in an image and forgive them to release and let go. It's very, it's very um, impressive. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed every time uh, I do it because the feedback is just amazing. I mean, um, most people tear up. I tear up right along with them <laughs> because it's just such a beautiful energy when you start to feel the release of of the of the um, forgiveness. You know, let people letting go, uh, and some um, people have let go of some things that I know are very difficult to let go of. But I do pray uh, going into it, I pray uh, because it can't be about me and what I'm saying and where I'm taking people. And I encourage the individuals to take their own path if they can't see what I'm um, guiding them, how, can't go the way that I'm guiding them. They can't see what I'm telling them about. They can't see the vistas or the things that I'm talking to them about. Then take their own route, but they just have to take their route alone and trust that they're safe. Um, and uh, some people do that as well and still have good results. So I find myself doing that more and more for myself these days for brief mm -hmm. periods of time. It might be at work for just five minutes that I take time to take some deep breaths, relax, and close my eyes and just visualize myself in a beautiful, beautiful place doing something that I, I truly, truly love. Yeah. Forgiveness is a huge part of, I think, yeah, any absolutely. healing journey because right. not forgiving, like it's like this just huge boulder that you can't just go through. You can't go around. It has to be removed. Right. And 
you know, when they say forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. I don't think there's a truer statement because sometimes we have to forgive people without the apology, forgive them, (laughs) you know, after years and years and years because mm-hmm. if you don't it just sits there and it grows bigger and it's mm-hmm. in its uh hindrance and i don't think that a lot of people really explore how big of a hindrance yeah it is right to sit with that and then the thing about it is i was uh i saw a post the other day that i wrote it's that you're you could be in the midst of that, you know, anger and that upsetness with somebody else. And the thing is, they're out there living their life. They, yeah. they don't Not even think twice about you. <laughs> they don't even remember what you upset about, how yeah. they made you upset, or any of yeah. those things. And so, yeah. you know, that's like always um one of the biggest reminders to me is that, you know, you can hold on to some upsetness with somebody and honey, they are, they've moved on. <laughs> Absolutely. T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Jakes said it best. He says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Absolutely. You're killing yourself. You're taking the poison and you're destroying yourself while they're going on living their lives. No problem. No, without any problem whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought up um, guided imagery because I also think that uh, I know in this platform, you know, when I first started doing this, it I was very specific about what I thought this grief conversation would be about. Very specific to mothers, you know, daughters uh, mm-hmm. whose mothers have transitioned. And of course, that like has grown the more I talk to people because it's not just the grief of losing your mother, not just the grief of losing a parent uh, or a partner, but sometimes we don't even acknowledge the grief of, you know, just relationships ending, period, the grief mm-hmm. of disappointment. Uh, right. over, you know, things not happening the way we, you know, would think they would happen. So it is always good to have some tools to be able to help us along to, yes. you know, take us through. Um, because I know for me a long time, I, I, I want to skip to the end. I want to skip. <laughs> yeah. This, this You're not alone. Party. You are not alone. <laughs> Where's the end sign? Where's the one more mile to go sign? <laughs> Um, right. Get it over. Let's get it over. Let's move on. Let's get out of this part. Get into <laughs> the better part. Exist. Yeah. Better parts of life. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I understand. You're certainly not alone, Shiara, in that. No way. I, I feel that way too, all too often. And sometimes it's like uh, my, my, my comical, I do lots of comical praying, you know, because it's like, yo, what what is this? Like, isn't there a different way for me to learn? You know what I mean? I know you can do all things, so can you just take it easy on me this time? You know what I mean? <laughs> can you just, you know, help me here so it's just like a blip becomes a blip to me and I don't have to go through all of this process to be able to get through it and, you know, get it behind me. I know you, you're the master. You can do this. Come on. you know. And I'm sure I feel like, okay, he's laughing at me. I'm doing my uh, a comedy routine right now. <laughs> for God. <laughs> I think it's also important that, you know, when you talked about being uh, us anticipating like what the outcome of things will be, mm-hmm. um, 
I have lived for many years uh, <laughs> anticipating the outcome being the worst thing. And these mm -hmm. things are like grand and they're dramatic <laughs> until, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, you get to a point where it is like, what, well, what happens if I think about the opposite of that? Right. It really does work out. Like, so um, one of my good friends, Ebony Janice, her uh, line is, uh, in my highest imagination. And that's what I started to adapt. Let me think about that's this. Cool. What is the best possible outcome that my mind can conceive of this situation? Yeah. And then it's always beautiful to see because God is always like, girl, that's cute, but watch what I can do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. That's how I feel too. Yeah. And Thank so you. it always ends up being a lot better than what I could even imagine in my mm -hmm. mind. It was just, it's like you're setting God up for the alley-oop. Like I am, <laughs> I am, you know, thinking these positive things and then God just comes and slam dunk it. There you go. It makes it even better. There you go. Yeah, much much better than you ever imagined. Yeah. As we um again, this podcast it it does lend itself to talking about healing through grief. What are some other tools that um someone could utilize as they are on this journey of transition and change through life? Well, I think there are different things during at different times. I mean, when the grief is fresh, then the most important thing is to um, gather your um, your close pe your friends, people who are close to you, around you. Make sure you have people around you who can check in on you. But you 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 really have to feel it. Let yourself feel it, and you have to not just feel, not just think about the loss, but feel it by thinking about the person that you've lost, about mm -hmm. all of the positive things. And, and I think it's just so important to journal. I'm a journaler and it has really helped me in life because journaling, getting it down, um, it's it's a it's a release, but it's also a way of knowing that I'm not going to forget. So you mm -hmm. think about that person and what they imparted, imparted to you uh, while they were here in physical form, uh, how you were blessed to have them in your life when they were here in physical form, and what what you're going to miss the most. Uh, write it down. Write it down. Just be honest about it. As it comes to you, go ahead and write it, get your tissue, get your water, make sure you're well hydrated, take care of yourself and just write, just write as it comes to you. Um, even keep a little booklet. If you, if you have to go back to work or if you have to get busy right away, don't get the, uh, uh, a decent amount of time off for grieving, which is, we really don't get enough time off. If you ask me, especially when you're grieving, um, uh, parents or someone who's incredibly close to you. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's not going to change. But take those little notes, little notebooks to work that you can jot down things in when you think about them, because there are going to be so many things that happen during the course of the day that will remind you of that person, especially in the beginning. So mm -hmm. you go ahead and, and write about it. I remember when my mother uh, died 
it was just before Christmas and I thought I'll never feel the same at Christmas again. Forget Christmas, you know, it's going to be horrible. And then I heard um, the, it started snowing. She loves snow and the church bell started ringing and I kind of got upset because I'm like, life is moving on. I heard the sound of cars. I heard people talking. I'm like, life is moving on. These people are moving on and I can't, I can't move on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Time needs to stand still for just a minute and let me get myself together. But time is not going to stand still. So it's important to take care of yourself as you take steps forward to find your new normal in a life without that person being there for you in physical form. Just feel their love and their presence. I spoke at my mother's funeral and one of the things I said was she wasn't perfect. I would imagine most people here would say she's not wasn't perfect, but she was just so perfect for me that mm-hmm. God really knew what he was doing. And that was the most perfect mother I could have ever had. It was the kind of mother that I didn't even know to ask for. And now uh, people are telling me, oh, she's lived, she lived a good long life. I'm like, I, I, I said, nobody should ever say that to anybody when they lose somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't care what their age is because a significant loss is a significant loss. So I um, felt that I had to do that because if I had not done that, I would have felt that I let my mother down because one of the things my mother thought about me was that I, when I spoke, I made good sense. <laughs> she she would have, so she would have, because when I was little, she would say when I was so quiet because I was shy. She said, when you, when you spoke, people would be so quiet. It was like, E.F. Hutton, you know, the commercial is way beyond your time, <laughs> Shiara. But um, there was a commercial about this company. It's like when E.F. Hutton spoke, everybody listened. She was like, you're like E.F. Hutton. You speak, everybody listens because you never speak. So I had to speak because it's like, all right, my mo- I want to make her proud. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So do the things that make these people proud. I made my own little kind of shrine. She had a, a lot of... Um, fake jewelry, uh, really pretty things. I just put everything together and, and use a shadow box. And I got some a picture of her with myself and my daughters, you know, that I, I still have up in the home and things like that. I mean, don't be afraid of those things. Go toward those things. Those things will help you to heal. And you know, if it's if it's too fresh right now, give yourself some time, but do the journaling, do some deep breath work, breathe and think of the positive things that times that you share with a per- person, uh, what they were like. And, and um, I'm gonna go back to the Christmas thing. I thought I wouldn't like Christmas anymore, but I still love Christmas. I yeah. remember my mother loving Christmas. She loved it. So now it wasn't a scary thing when Christmas came around again. I still love Christmas because I remember how much she loved it and, and it made her so very happy. So it, it's, it's all good. It, it took me a while. It's like, first of all, I feel like death seems like it's so cruel because it can happen mm-hmm. at any time and it's going to, but then what makes me feel like, okay, it's fair. It seems cruel, but it's fair because it happens to all of us. It's going to happen for all of us. Right. And yeah, and it's not an end. I don't believe it's too, truly an end. It's an end to the physical form. But I think spiritual form, the spirit continues to thrive, mm-hmm. to thrive. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Those, those are my recommendations. Take, take walks, get outside, take walks, hang out with your friends whenever you feel like it. Hang out with somebody that doesn't feel like they need to solve your problems or 
you know, when you don't necessarily have to talk about anything, if you don't want to talk about anything, just being present so that um, you feel um, that warmth of another human being being present as you walk or uh, go out to have a bite to eat or whatever it is you choose to do. But yeah, gradually get out and about. And when you feel like talking about them, yeah, then have friends around that you want to talk about. I mean, that's one of the rituals that we have after um, after funerals is that we have this repast and in, in the um, black community, our repasses are parties. I mean, basically people are just <laughs> laughing, talking and talking about the person and laughing about them and all the funny things that they did and all the funny memories. And it's just a good old time. You know, I was telling somebody about that at work and they didn't, they didn't understand. I'm like, you know, you'd have to be black to understand. Never mind. But (laughs) yeah, that's a part of the healing journey. It really does help. It really does help. And I can see why we do that. So yeah, you can continue to do that with your friends. And, and if you can't then write about those fun times, write about those, every little thing that you remember, just document it. Yeah, the documentation has really surfaced um, for me because I journaled a little bit, but I also found myself doing a lot of um, voice notes and Mm. videos. (laughs) I have so many videos of me. Like I remember one day I saw a rainbow. It was one of the first times after my mom transitioned. And I was just like, God, you did not forget about me. And I just (laughs) like... Got out my recorder. I was heading to work. I had to pull over, but I also was in gratitude because it just made me feel in that moment like, God, this is a sign you did not forget about me, mm-hmm. even though I am, you know, going through this heartbreaking experience. I just felt so grateful though mm-hmm. for the moments that I had with my mom and then grateful for what at that time seemed like a sign and, and a reminder from God, like you're going to, I got you. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I love it. So I have tons, <laughs> tons and tons and tons. <laughs> That's of, a great uh, idea. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. But it also has made me more um, deliberate about just recording things, period. Just um, taking more pictures. Um, because in my family, my mom was the photographer. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. now it's made me more intentional, though, about capturing life and the memories of my family. Um, so that, I don't know, we were, I, I, I keep hearing the words, we were here. And so <laughs> that is, okay. I feel like part of my job as the storyteller in our family to document and record and keep yeah. it. Um, yeah, I don't like taking pictures either, but I realized that, you know, it would be helpful to my kids if I would appear in some of the pictures because I do the photos for my family. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that, it would be helpful to them, you know, to have pictures of me because it really was helpful when I, to me, when I took pictures of my mother. So that's awesome. That's awesome, Shiara. But and I didn't notice how important it was till my mom transitioned, and mm-hmm. there are not many. There are tons and tons and tons of photos, but not many of her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, yeah. So the memories though never die. The, mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing that we can hold on to. Those memories never die. And some people are. I've heard people say that they never want to forget 
their loved one. They don't want to forget a thing about them. There, there comes that journaling, whether you're doing the voice journal or, or writing it, um, there it comes. I mean, that way you can, you can release that fear <laughs> of forgetting because you'll have it documented, everything documented. And if you do have pictures, make a scrapbook, you know, uh, and of um, that person or the family with with that individual. Make a nice scrapbook and, and make it available to for people to look at so you can talk about it whenever you feel like talking about it. Yeah, those, those things are really, really helpful. I mean, don't run from it uh, unless you just need that time to, you know, uh, feel that whatever you need to feel or to actually get, get your bearings, gather yourself. Um, it gets easier though, when you do start to, uh, spend time with others and try to find your new normal, it does get a lot easier than, uh, rather than trying to stay alone. The, the longer you stay alone, the more you immerse yourself in the whys and the what, what, what am I going to do? And I miss them so much. And, you know, the more you immerse yourself in the grief and the, the behaviors of mourning, the harder it will be for you to actually move forward. And it's important to recognize that you have to give yourself the permission to do that because yes, yes. I think that we live in a world that doesn't give us that permission. And so you have yeah. to take your permission, take your and grant yourself the permission to fall absolutely apart. It is okay. You're going to come back together at some point, but mm -hmm. you have to give yourself that permission to come undone and know that it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> we talked about, uh, you know, thinking that you wouldn't like Christmas anymore. It makes mm -hmm. me think about um, cooking. My mom and my grandmother, they love cooking. And mm -hmm. as a child, I would be so upset because <laughs> in my child mind is here. Are We're doing all of this labor. We're inviting all of these people here. They're just going to eat and mess up. And then we have to clean up and they're going to leave. I would be so angry. <laughs> but now that I'm older, I understand that it was like a labor of love. Like you're yeah. Yeah. Doing this because you enjoy seeing, you know, people you love, people you care about, enjoying something that you made, uh, yeah. fellowshipping, laughing, and just spending time together. So now I'm like, every time I'm in the kitchen making a huge meal, I'm like, <laughs> my mom has jumped in my body. <laughs> <laughs> you. You have been handed the torch. <laughs> I would have never seen this for myself ever. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. My girls are like you. My girls are like you. Yeah. They want uh, me all to themselves and just the, the three of us, there's just a couple of exceptions, people that are welcome to come over. But I, my house is open uh, around the holidays. People that know me, if you contact me, you got nowhere to go, you come, come, mm -hmm. enjoy. <laughs> you know? That's the way. I, that's the way I grew up. <laughs> I, I've been a participant. Thank you many times. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. I love, love, love. Well, you're one of the people. It's okay. You know, they're okay. <laughs> they're totally fine with you and all of the the beautiful young people that I've met in theater. You know, yeah, it's because they're they're you know you're around their age, so they enjoy that. But you know, some of my friends are old and. 
older and, um, you know, they can't relate. And they, I don't know, my girls are kind of selfish when it comes to their mom. But <laughs> yeah. A little part of me like, is who, who is it? Because... <laughs> huh? I said, okay? a part of me is like, who is it selfish when it comes to oh, yeah. their yeah, moms? Mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess you're right. Um, I guess I was, I don't know if I was selfish. I was, I was protective. I didn't want her to overdo anything. I was always wanting to help to the mm -hmm. point of probably getting in the way. I was like in the kitchen, moving around. I was learning things then. I didn't realize I was learning, but I was just there to try to help because my mother worked really, really hard. And then she'd get off work and she would, um, she was a seamstress and she would sew for everybody in the neighborhood once she got off work. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and she, she'd be up way past my time of going to bed and I'd get up in the morning to go to school and she would already be up having made breakfast and go to work really early before, uh, before the sun came up and she's coming back and she's got this huge garden. I mean, she was an amazing, amazing individual. Um, they broke the mold. I'm not quite that. I'm not quite there, but she was amazing. So I did, I was protective. It's like when she get home, it's like, wait a minute, you're going to sew. Let me help you. Can I do this? Can I pin this? Can I pin that? And basically I was just getting in her way, but I just wanted to help. I just wanted to help. So she belonged to the, she belonged to the community. I, I couldn't stop that, but I just wanted to make sure that she knew that I wanted, I loved her and I wanted to help her. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> being in the presence of uh, a woman who, as you would say, belongs to the community um, mm -hmm. and just learning and soaking up so much. Mm -hmm. I think that my grandmother was a woman of the community. Everybody knew her. She knew mm -hmm. everybody. And um, yeah, I was her little sidekick. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you brought up learning... I, for a long time, I I had no idea how much I actually learned from, you know, being right up under my grandmother and my mom. And, it, and especially in terms of cooking, like I didn't think, where, where are the directions? What am I saying? <laughs> but, you know, when put to the test, I can get in there. Oh, she used this. Oh, and this yeah, is supposed yeah. to go in there. So it's, yeah. it's really remarkable, like how much we are absorbing and yeah. not even, you know, realizing it probably because it hasn't really been put to the test. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's definitely um, a major, major loss to lose someone that you've just been tried to be a protege to, you know, mm -hmm. just, yeah, who's your little, kind of your everything, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, and then it just makes me grateful that we can survive loss. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how we can survive it. I'm just in awe of that because uh, in the midst of it, we can feel so broken and fearful and even bouts of panic and pain, all oh, definitely anxiety. And then we can feel so empty, so many, many emotions and um, so many feelings overtake us. I mean, I, I just, uh, wanted to push people away because I didn't know how to feel and I didn't want to take my mind off what I was thinking in order to have a conversation with anybody, you know, early on. Uh, it took me several weeks before 
I felt like even having a conversation about anything uh, at all. And um, so I'm, I'm loving that you're doing this Shiara because we really need it. We, we need more of this. Well, I'm so grateful to you for doing this because um, we need to start to have the dialogue so that um, we get a better understanding or we start to, um, I don't know, prepare or mm -hmm. um, live in more of a realization that this is something that is going to happen, um, that we can't say who or when or where or why or how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. So, um, oh, this is reminding me of being on an airplane recently and um, I don't like to fly, but I'm not afraid to fly. But I was on this airplane and it was doing some terrible, terrible things up in the sky. And um, I've been on planes that have done these things before. And I know that it's like they're coming into airspace where another plane has just been. So they start to bounce and move around a whole lot more, but it just wouldn't stop. And it just kept getting worse. It lasted a lot longer than I had ever experienced. And um, people were making sounds like, oh, and I just took a deep breath and I just started to release. I had such peace. I had such peace. And when we landed, we were we were landing in Chicago. When we landed, uh, this gentleman that had been talking to me in the airport in Atlanta found me at baggage claim. And he says, oh, weren't you afraid? Weren't you scared? He said, I was scared out of my mind. My kids' faces kept flashing through my head. And I said, what were you going to do? <laughs> he, he looked at me like I was nuts. I'm like, we, we are some... We submit as soon as we get on that plane, <laughs> sit down. I can't fly. Can you fly it? Could you correct it? I said, I couldn't correct it. I couldn't fly it. I said, I said, Lord, Lord, be with us in my mind. I took a deep breath and I just released and had such peace. Um, and he just looked at me. He's from, he was from a different company, a country from Libya. And uh, I, he said, well, my children, my children, I was worried about my children. I said, and your children would have been fine. I'm so grateful that your children don't have to be without you because of anything happening to us on that plane, but your children would have been fine. And that's what I keep telling myself. There's something that God has not neglected to provide for us. He's not neglected to provide anything for us. And that is the ability to overcome, the, the ability to carry on. We don't know how it's going to happen when we're in it. When we're in the middle of something, whether it was it's, it's a loss through death or uh, a divorce or a breakup in a marriage, uh, a child that's gone astray, something that's a loss of a job, whatever it may be, we in the moment don't know how we're going to get through it. But we know that we can get through it if we look around us and on that plane, too. I noticed there are lots of people on this plane. There are children on this plane too. And I know that their lives matter just as much as mine. And there you have it. We all got on this plane and, and we are um, trusting this pilot to be able to do his job and get this plane straightened out, straightened out. But in the meantime, in between time, I know that everybody has a way of getting through a loss. We can. Now, I do know that there are some people who refuse to, who just really cling to it. 
uh, and some people who are bitter and some people who feel like there was some unfinished business very often uh, before they lost that loved one, whatever it may be, there was some unforgiveness or something that um, they didn't get a chance to talk about, or maybe they felt they were owed an apology or weren't treated right. I've heard some of those things. I worked for, for the cancer center for a long time. So I've had conversations with people who've had some of these issues. However, this is a case in which you've got to forgive and let go. Absolutely. Without, you don't get an apology if somebody's gone. And if somebody walks away from you, it's the same thing. You don't get an apology. You still have to forgive. Let go so that you can live the most beautiful life that you can live because we're not here to be in mourning all of our lives. That's not, that's not a purpose at all. Our purpose is to be here definitely for one another. We are here for one another because we appreciate each other's gifts. Our gifts are not for us to appreciate necessarily Shiara. Oh, Shiara is so gifted. She doesn't even know how gifted she is. And I just so, so appreciate all the gifts that, that you have. But um, it's, it's about us being here for each other. And it's about us really knowing that we have, we're equipped. We are equipped mm -hmm. for this life. Okay, I'll just say it like that. We are equipped it's for this life to go through whatever comes and we're going to make it through it. We'll be all right. It's just, it's beautiful how I think all of these things weave right into one another. When you talk about forgiveness, when you talk mm -hmm. about the imagery, it all plays to <laughs> surrendering to mm -hmm. where you are in that present moment surrendering to uh, forgiveness and knowing that there is more. This is not the mm -hmm. stop sign that, you know, we're talking about on the healing journey. No, it's the mm -hmm. beginning of, and it is why I do value having these conversations and wanted to be able to have conversations that I wish were available, I, I was privy to before mm -hmm. my mother transitioned and yeah. to have an understanding that, yes, you will go through, but you will go through. And there is more peace. There's more understanding. There is more of all the things mm -hmm. uh, once you allow yourself to surrender to what has happened. Yes, I love it. <laughs> that's that's it. That's it. Well said. <laughs> that's why that's why you're a writer, a poet. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. That's that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Miss Ruby, I thank you so much for dropping your nuggets of wisdom with us. I have always adored you and love. Um, love listening to your words of wisdom. You have certainly been a guiding force in my life since <laughs> I've been, what, about 22 years old, 21, 22 years old? Oh, since gosh. a very long time. <laughs> wow, yeah, you were being <laughs> A very long time. Um, yeah. But I am so grateful um, for you being a part of my life, a part of my village. And um, thank you. There is no other Miss Ruby. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, can you please tell the people how they can stay connected with you or what you have coming up next? 
Well, um, I have, a, I will be having a podcast, hopefully, before the end of this year. It's called The Rue, The Rev Up, because I'm all about living a life to uh, the fullest. And uh, hopefully people will take time out to just have some fun with me as we talk about different subjects and get various varying opinions from different people on different topics. Uh, some really, really comical, <laughs> hopefully mostly comical, so we can have some good laughs. Um, I'm still working on uh, getting out and speaking more, maybe getting into some more guided imagery with some um, joyful movements that I do along with guided imagery because I can't do guided imagery and leave people there in that space. We have to do some joyful movements so that we just come out of it and go home and feel great and teach, give them some tools so that they can continue guided imagery. So if you want to get in touch with me, um, just uh, send me an email at Miss Ruby, M I S S R U B Y E, at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining. Thank you. Me. I am, uh, I, I just love you, Miss Ruby. And it's a mutual you. admiration society. <laughs> <laughs> I just love you too. <laughs> Well, that thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm just doing what is on my heart, what I've been led to do. And oh. we'll see what happens from there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that'll be all for us on this episode of Take Your Time with Shiara.